Hello and welcome to episode 820 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, June 23rd. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. And Justin, we might have baseball. How's it going? I don't believe you. You shouldn't. You shouldn't yet. I. I it's not done. It's not done yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said should. I chose my wording very carefully there. Um, there's a clip on Jeff Passan's Twitter of him being on, uh, M- or, excuse me, on ESPN. You know, basically saying that he feels that way too. That he's not going to fully say. Hey, it's a thousand percent done until it's a thousand percent done. Which the missing piece is MLBPA agreeing to this by 5 p.m., um, which they're expected to do. The the reports from Passan and other insiders uh, that they've heard from players is that there's no intention, like they don't have, they don't intend to uh, to pass on this. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. And so basically what happened was there was another set of offers uh, disagreed upon or rejected by, by each party. So they reverted to the March agreement. Some of the loose ideas on that uh, are a target of 60 games starting July 24th. So a month from tomorrow. Universal DH is likely but not guaranteed. It is not part of this agreement, though uh, they are likely to agree, for, agree to it. Uh, there's also no... Certainty for it in 21. Some of the deals included Universal DH for 20 and 21 locked in. Same with the expanded playoffs. Um, it is not in the deal. It is expected that they can get something done regarding it uh, by some of the insiders. So we'll see. They're going to use that dumbass runner on second rule and extras, according to John Heyman, and uh, no jersey ads. So those are some of the details of what we're looking at. What do you think? Oh, I'm, I, I like this is like the boy who cried wolf, uh, that old fable. Like I just, you know, I, we've been so close to a deal that uh, it's one. I think it's a it's a bit sad that it didn't get figured out like in a room. Like they, they couldn't just get together and get this figured out, especially if the last offer that the owners uh, offered is actually true. Uh, that they pretty much offered 60 games at over 100% prorated. Uh, that, to me, <laughs> is a really bad look on the players, uh, who I've been kind of backing this entire time. So, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention expanded playoffs for the next two years, DH, all things that the players want that make them more money in the short term and the long term. Uh, obviously, they want to file a grievance, and so I understand why they they declined it but at the same time uh i mean the 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 players had all like everything you know in their corner they had like all the leverage uh and i think really shot themselves in the foot when they sent that last offer they they should have just stuck to you know you tell us when and where um and we're not negotiating anymore you know just tell us when when to show up uh and and we'll be there uh, sending in that last offer, and it sounded like when they did that, uh, a number of the players were pretty upset. Uh, so uh, I think that really hurt them, um, especially you know uh, in, in kind of the public sphere. But uh, you know we're gonna get baseball back. I, I don't like the extra innings rule. I think that's dumb. Just just you know add ties in if if you don't want games going that long. Uh, 
you know, but uh, everything else I'm all, I'm all good with. Yeah. Um, I think I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly there. And so we're, uh, we're, we're close to something. Like I said, today by five is when the players have to agree and, and everyone seems to believe that they're going to let's hope it is not locked and loaded yet though. So there is, uh, th- th- there is, you know, a hiccup that could happen. I don't know exactly what it would be though, right? Because if they didn't agree to this, wouldn't it then like go to courts and stuff about, I think it would go to an arbitrator of some sort, but okay. I I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to do that. I mean, the fact that the players agreed to the March agreement back in March, uh, I don't think they've got much of a leg to stand on if they, if they turn around and say no. Then I think right? the, the owners can go back and, and file a grievance. So yeah, this uh, was always the safety net. So mm-hmm. the, this is this is your when and where. So let's yep. let, let's see let's see what's up then from uh, from the players here and let, let's get some baseball going. Now, how long do you think we get? Oh, I think we get a whole season. I I do. Okay. I, let me answer this, or let me ask you this then: What is going? What what happens to players who test positive? Not not if it's when, right? I mean, we're getting guys on like every sport that that has opened. Now I don't know if tennis is open, but Novak Djokovic tested. Like we learned that he tested positive today. Has tennis opened up? I have, or is this just I don't him? believe so. Okay, so he he. It's just happens that Djokovic tested positive. But like there was a Nick Watney on on the PGA tour, and he just withdrew. And I, I think they finished the tournament as is. Yeah, um, no idea. We had we had soccer players uh, in in the Bundesliga. We haven't anybody in the KBO. That, maybe that could be. I, I don't believe so. Correct? Uh, or, or maybe you wouldn't know. I have no idea. I don't think we've seen anybody test positive there, and maybe that's just a testament to what. Korea, you know, how, how they've handled everything. But what do you think happens when players test positive? I mean, I, I think they'll, you know, obviously quarantine people for 14 days. Uh, just them or? Yeah. I mean, we just had 40 players and staff test positive like a day or two ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what is on June 19th. So on June 19th, uh, 40, 40 staff members and players tested positive, uh, and they're still moving ahead. So like I think this is, if you're going to take the calculated risk and calculated gamble that uh, they can get through a season, I, I think the train's going full steam, and uh, you know obviously, and I don't think it's going to stop anything. I mean, unless you have someone get extremely sick or, you know, potentially die, which would be just a catastrophe uh, in in so many ways. Um, But I I just don't think that we're going to see, like, a slowdown. Like, they've got this, you know, plan. They're going to go forward with it. uh, And I think this is it. Uh, And I think we're going to get, you know, full season, well, full 60 games in. Full for the plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, full, full March uh, agreement plan uh, in, and uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Now, Who obviously, you know, things are, you know, the coronavirus is ramping up in, in a number of states, uh, including the one I live in, the one you live in, so who knows what happens, but 
ultimately, I mean, unless things just really get atrocious, you know, countrywide, uh, and then baseball's an afterthought anyways, uh, I, I think they're going to just go for it. And Djokovic had been in a tournament um, in Croatia, and then he and his wife tested positive. So th- there's that. And it does seem, you know, like it does seem right now with the sports that have started up when there is a positive test that, you know, that person's isolated and everything, but the sport continues to go forward. So we'll see what happens with tennis here. But I, I tend to agree with you that it looks like the, the, the game plan would be obviously isolate that player and anybody else who may have uh, got, you know, you'll test all the players and personnel on that given team, see what's what, and and they'll kind of go from there. But uh, it does look like they're going to move forward. So, yay, baseball. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Now I'm starting to get nervous because now it's, uh, you, you know, we went from, I mean, everybody has said, I think Vlad tweeted it out, like, uh, you know, everybody's called this a, a sprint and not a marathon like it usually is. But, like, draft season's now a sprint. Oh, yeah. Like, everything's, yeah, yeah, super sprint at this point. And, you know, it pretty much starts once they, once the, the players put some ink down and say and say it's good to go. So, um, here we go. And, and we wait. Meanwhile, you're already getting started. You've uh, you, you tweeted out a little bit of, of some of your pitcher rankings yesterday. Uh, I will be working on mine as soon as we are off here, for kind of having them ready to go. Because like I told everybody, once we get something in place, I want to have them dropped shortly thereafter. And you tweeted out your top 10 yesterday, and I'd like to get into that. And then some of your biggest changes here um, in your top 35. So you're not fully, fully done, but you do have a top 35 that we're going to go ahead and get into here. Talk about some of the big changes. Let's start with this top 10, though, because it it itself uh, looks different and interesting, uh, especially at the top. Number one is Walker Bueller. Then you've got the New York guys, uh, DeGrom and Cole, Scherzer, Clevenger, Flaherty, Verlander, terrible rank, Bieber, Strasburg, and Giolito. So that, there's your top 10 there. Let's start with Bueller number one. What is the driving force by moving him up? Was he, what, four or five before this? Yeah, I, I had him, I believe, yeah, I had him fourth. So I moved him up to number one. Uh, I mean, partially, you know, it's, you know, Verlander moving down because of the injuries prior to everything getting shut down. Uh, just makes me a little wary on the 35-year-old uh, Justin Verlander. Uh, and then it's pitching. You're 35. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted out something else. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, let's see. I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring it up real quick on got, on my I phone. Your, I got your uh, I got your your set pulled up. Your uh, your feed. What else? What am um, I looking at? So it was uh, talking about uh, you know if the scheduling goes kind of the way we think it's gonna be, uh, teams that are going to be playing in division more on a you know per or a percentage basis than uh yeah, we're used like a, to a lot and, and more we don't know if it is going to be the mega divisions i wrote a piece kind of using that that rubric of of the mega east central and west uh combining the nl and al of each division we don't know if it's going to be that but it is going to be divisional focused mm-hmm. uh in this 50 games what uh, in the 60 games you had 48 out of out of 60 yeah i figured that you know that gives uh you know what i believe 
six games versus uh, each uh, opponent, you know, in your park and then in their park. And so that seems like, you know, two, three game sets seems just kind of works out fairly well in terms of a scheduling uh, in, in, in terms of scheduling. And so uh, that means that, uh, you know, for context, the Dodgers play, you know, 5.86% of their games in Coors Field, Coors Field in a regular season. So an 162 game season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if the schedule works out this way, like I think it will, and like I think a lot of other people think it will, they're going to play 10% of the games in Coors Field. And so that really changes how we're going to especially attack, you know, hitters in certain divisions and also pitchers. Now, Bueller obviously means he may pitch more of, uh, you know, percentage-wise in Coors, uh, but he's also going to get to play the Giants more and he's going to get to play the Padres more. Uh, and then you get to, he gets to uh, go and play uh, Seattle, you know, when they go over and face the AL West. Uh, whereas you know Degrom and Cole pitching in that uh, that beast East, I really don't like that for them. Now they're still elite pitchers. I think I think they're still all first rounders in a fifteen team league. Mm-hmm. But this just jumps Bueller ahead for me, um, and uh, okay. and so he he's going to be my number one guy. And I think we're going to see a lot of people release ranks that uh, people are going to think look a little bit screwy. Uh, but we, we've got to kind of take into account this shortened season. For sure. I mean, it's, it's good. It's going to be different. And I wish I had I wish we had uh, locked and loaded information on whether or not it is going to be the mega divisions, mm-hmm. because that plays a big role. Um, you know, I was just writing up the, the article on handedness by division. And if it is mega divisions, the central um has the fewest starting lefties. And then I was breaking them up into classifications of good, solid, bad using their FIP projection from the bat and very loose here. You know, a sub four was good. 401 to 470 was solid. And then something 471 or uh, over was bad. Well, none of the central lefties would be classified as good. So I think the left-handed batters in the central would, would get a boon there. But uh, we need to know it for pitchers, too, in, in terms of what they're going to face, because you mentioned some of the Western teams that, that Bueller might get a chance to face. Obviously, the, he's going to face the Giants a lot, no matter the setup, because that's in his own Western division. But if he is adding in the Mariners, uh, that can certainly help. And we don't know how some of these other teams are going to play. They're, they're, they're kind of wild cards here. Are you know The Angels' top of the lineup is great. Are they going to be tough throughout? Um the, the Rangers look like they have a strong lineup, but will it play that way? What will the new ballpark play like there? We don't know. A lot of unanswered questions, so I just want to know what that divisional setup's going to be. So you've got uh, Bueller, then the two Yank, uh, excuse me, the two New Yorkers, I, sh- I should say, DeGrom, Cole, Scherzer, Clevenger, Flaherty. you got Flaherty up at six now, um, and Clevenger, five, Bieber, eight. So that's three central guys. Is this because of a mega central? Yeah, it's because of the Mega Central. They're they're going to get to go against that AL Central that uh, uh or Flaherty's going to get to go against that AL Central that has the Royals um and the Tigers, your, your Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh and I just I, I don't I mean outside of the Twins, like I don't really fear any of those lineups. You know, Chicago could be much better. I think we expect them to be much better, but I mean, the Twins are the real kind of beast of that uh, AL Central, and everybody else is mm-hmm. kind of meh. So I, I, I had Flaherty at eight 
So it's not like I moved him up a ton, really. I mean, Verlander fell below him, and a guy on my my biggest fallers list uh, that we'll talk about also fell below him, uh, and that kind of really just pushed him up. But I, I do like Jack Flaherty this year. He's a guy that uh, I have been getting in drafts, uh, and I'd be uh, more than happy to uh, end up with him uh, as my ace in, in the main event or something like that. Might have to reassess because I, I have not been super pro Flaherty more more than I thought he was going too high because he's kind of living in the range where you have him. Um, but but again, a mega central would would help that because I think if it is more ALNL focused, his central is not as good. Mm-hmm. But getting to face the AL central not as good for him to face, I should say. Not um, it, because it's so good, I should say, because it's it's deep. Pirates are really the only layover or rollover, I should say. God, I can't I can't do words. <laughs> it's not good when a podcast when you can't do words. Uh, but yeah, his division he can handle it. I think Flaherty. But if you're adding in the AL Central, particularly the Royals and Tigers, that's really beneficial. Um, and same with obviously Clevenger, Bieber. They already have that. Plus, they get to add Pittsburgh. Now they do get the the difficult components of the NL Central too. But I think both can handle it. You got Strasburg ten and Giolito. Uh, excuse me, Strasburg nine, Giolito ten. I should have brought in Giolito in that group as well because now that's uh, four guys in your in your bottom five, bottom six from the Central. You're really leaning on that Central with the stud pitchers. You're not boosting up anybody who isn't good. You've been Giolito all the way though, right? Uh, I mean, I was, I thought I was high on Giolito coming into draft season, but I, I definitely wasn't as high as other people, and that may be influencing uh, this rank, as I, I feel like maybe I I haven't been as uh, high on him as I, as I should be. Uh, I mean, part of it, again, is guys getting pushed down. You got to push down some of those NL pitchers that aren't going to get to face the pitcher uh, in the lineup. Uh, and so Giolito just automatically rises. I just really buy into what Giolito did last year. And one of the things we didn't mention in this uh, uh, this kind of new setup for, for the 2020 season isn't robo-umps, because there aren't going to be robo-umps. And so mm-hmm. he's going to get Grandal as his catcher, uh, which I think will really help him uh, and could help him kind of take that next step. Uh, he's a hard one to rank for me because I think you can make an argument that he should be going in the back of the top 15. Uh, and I think you can make an argument that he should be going higher than where I put him at 10. So uh, I, I kind of put him at 10 uh, just under Strasburg, who I tend to shy away from because of his injury history. But shortened season, he's coming in healthy. Uh, you know, hopefully he can just stay strong and, and kind of beast out. So. Uh, I, I like Giolito a lot. I mean, he's a guy that I think I will try to uh, get in the main event. All right. Well, I like Giolito too. I'd been I'd been kind of moving him up, um, you know, for for normal season setup. Let me see where I had him. Um, Giolito was at 17. So I, you know, I'd gotten him into my top 20. I, I think I started with him in like the early 20s originally, and then slowly started to trickle him up. See if I got. I, I might be moving him up though. Um, I had him at seventeen also, so I mean he he moved up seven spots for me. It, yeah, part of that was you know Chris Sale's done for the year. Uh, yeah, Cindergard's done for the year. Yeah, Severino's done for the year. Off rip. Um, yeah. So, but part of it is too. Is I I do I really believe in in what we saw last year. Uh, and I do too. 
I, I think uh, he's definitely, um, I, I don't think we're going to get the discount, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, he was going, uh, when I when I uh, released my last set of rankings, he, his ADP was 47th. Uh, I do not believe uh, his ADP will be even close to that. I think it'll be closer to 27. I concur. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying there, and I, I agree. I think that, because here's the thing with Giolito and, and, the, and the Cleveland Indian guys, they get they get the the AL Central regardless. So no matter what the divisional setup is, they get a beneficial their division. If it's if it's just division heavy within your own league, hell, that's even better for them. So um, I understand why those guys have moved up. And then you have Strasburg at nine. I like Strasburg. Really, we're just looking for some health there. It's never really been about his talent. It's been a matter of if he can if he can stay on the bump. I had him at seven uh, in my latest rankings. He'll probably stay there. I don't know. He might move down a bump or two because, again, the beast, that division is remarkably t- difficult. And um, I don't know that I'd necessarily move him up if, if that's what he's facing. But let's talk risers and fallers uh, in the top 35 at large here. How deep are you going to go with your rankings, by the way? Are you going to do a top 100 and then post it? Yeah, I think I'll probably at least a top 100. It may be even okay. deeper than that. I think I did 125 on my last uh, my last set. So probably Good. there, especially because, I mean, I, I always say, like, I want to do a top 100, and then I get down to 100. I'm like, look at all these guys I don't have on there. Yes, uh, exactly. So then, I'm sure it'll be do... over. Yeah. Then you always try to do one more than me because you're a jerk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to show that I'm just a little bit better than you. <laughs> Such a jerk. All right. Let's start with the uh, – what do we got here? The, the risers. Now, some of these – the first one off rip is going to be obvious. It's going to be injury-related. But let's talk about him anyway. James Paxton moving up from where to where? Uh, I believe he moved up 25 spots, 28 spots it looks like. Uh, he, jump for him. I had him he, at, he was expected out. Yeah, to, it, to start the season. We thought he was going to miss like the first two months of the season. He was going to be out till June. Well, it's now June. Uh, and <laughs> supposedly he's going to be healthy. So, kind of just put him back where I had him previously. Uh, he fits in right behind uh, Tyler Glass now at 24 and Sonny Gray at 26. Uh, I mean, this is unofficial too because I haven't posted him yet. So, I mean, I could do some tweaking, but. Nope, that's yeah that locked seems in. about right for Paxton uh I mean obviously he's gonna be in that that beast east uh you know division super conference whatever we're gonna call it uh yeah that, but he's awesome he yeah can handle it's all about health for him so if we're yeah. you know operating on the assumption that he's gonna be healthy uh which he sometimes is and sometimes isn't uh but you know 15 starts I, I you know or you know, 13 starts, whatever it's going to be. I think, uh, I think he could probably just power through. So, uh, I, I like Paxton a lot. I'll be interested, interested to see where he goes in some of these main events. Yes. And I, I would, you know, selfishly kind of like to see some stuff first so that I know what I'm getting into. You know, I don't, I don't want to be in the first, uh, main event draft or, or, or whatever drafts I end up doing because, I don't know if I want to set that ADP. I'd like to see and, and adjust from there with regards to Paxton specifically. But we'll see how that how that goes with him. Um, obviously, we got to move him up. I have him. I had him 48th again on the idea that he was about to miss two months. He's going to move way up from that. And where'd you say you had him now? 24, 25, 25. Okay, so I, I think I'll be around there. 
um, because that's why I originally had him, I think, before the injury. Because, right, he was, he was healthy and then got hurt in mm-hmm. spring. Yep. Okay. Uh, you also had Kyle Hendricks moving up. And I I I like this move here. I, I've kind of become a guy like, I'll take Kyle Hendricks. And, and mm-hmm. I'll even target him out in some leagues. Because no matter how much he does to the positive, he doesn't seem to get his due. And, um, you know, I get that it's boring. I get that there is some um, margin for error issues because he throws so slowly. And there's this worry that it could all come crumbling down. But at some point, don't you trust 966 innings of a 314, 111 whip and a 353 FIP? Like, what more does this guy really have to do to show that he's a damn quality pitcher? So uh, what kind of movement did he make for you? for you with Kyle Hendricks. I, I bumped him up 16 spots to number 23. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to laugh, try to laugh me out of the room on this one, but uh, go back to that. Go to where, excuse me? La- la- laugh me out of the room because of this no, one. No, no, uh, I, I didn't hear where you bumped him up to. Oh, I'm sorry. He, I bumped him up 16 spots to number 23. Okay, okay. So, and I, I think that, uh, yeah, some people are going to be very upset about that and, and, and laugh at me. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are looking for that upside play in the shortened season. They want someone who can catch fire. Uh, and I'm going to take shots here and there on guys. But in sure. order to you know, really profit off those guys, you have to have these stable guys as well. And I don't think there's anybody more stable than Kyle Hendricks. And that's not even including the fact that he was throwing with increased velocity in spring, looked really, really good with that increased velocity, so it didn't come at the cost of uh, commander control. Uh, I think Kyle Hendricks, you know, he was going around pick 161 uh, during my last rankings. Uh, I don't believe he moved very far from that uh, in the ADP. Uh, so, like, you don't obviously have to take him as the 23rd pitcher off the board, but... We start getting, you know, around, I don't know, pick 100, and it's it's going to be very tempting to take him as, like, my number three starting pitcher. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would be, like, if I started off uh, with one of the top three, you know, a, a Bueller, a DeGrom, a Cole, uh, and then, you know, you know, added in, like, a Chris Paddock or a Brandon Woodruff, and then I took... Uh, and then and then I took Kyle Hendricks. I'm feeling pretty damn good about my starting rotation. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't blame you. And there is um, you know, th- there's this weird thing with this notion that that stable veterans don't have upside. He absolutely does. Kyle Hendricks. I mean, he has a two thirteen point uh, ninety eight ERA WHIP combo season in 2016. Like he has some upside. I know that's a, that's a few years now, but. When you're pitching as well as he has, I mean, he had a 303 ERA back in 2017. He could absolutely put together a run that puts him in a sub three ERA caliber. And I don't think that 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 upside is given to somebody like Kyle Hendricks. He's seen as kind of a boring steady Eddie because he's been so, so steady in his career. But he does have upside. Uh, I think that's always been a blind spot in the fantasy community. This weird notion that that established veterans don't have upside. They do. They 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 absolutely do. And uh, I, I think Kyle Hendricks has some too. Particularly, uh, I repeat it one more time: if he's getting to face a lot of AL Central, because that's two teams that are definitely terrible. Um, a wild card team in the White Sox, although we do find that to be a good offense. And then Cleveland and Minnesota, you don't really want any part of them. 
but he can handle good teams too. I'm, it's not something where I'm afraid of Kyle Hendricks against good teams and only want him against scrubs. I'll take him on against all all all, all clubs. Um, that's for sure. So well, and, and don't forget too that like when we did that uh, that episode on. Uh, pitchers uh, that lose value with the addition of the DH. Hendricks was one of the few guys that actually didn't lose any value uh, with with the DH coming to the National League. Like his strikeout rate against the pitcher was not that impressive. Was even good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was worse than his actual strikeout percentage against hitters. So, like thirteen percent, like I think. I, I, yeah, because we, we we reviewed that for Hendricks, and it was it was bizarre, of course. But hey. He's like, okay, fine. I, for some reason, I can't strike these idiots out. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, I mean, you're going to, obviously, if you take a guy like Kyle Hendricks, you have to treat him in a way like the pitcher version of Malik Smith in a way. You're going to have to account well, not, for the lack of... <laughs> you're going to have to account for the lack of strikeouts. But, I mean, he's like that stabilizing, like that amazing stabilizing piece in the middle of your rotation. Gonna, gonna get wins on the Cubs. Gonna you know give you really good ratios. I just really like Hendricks, and this yep. that's something I never thought I would say. Same, yeah. I've I've really I've really grown to like uh, Kyle Hendricks as a fantasy asset. I have this association of being like really anti uh, Kyle Hendricks because remember a few years back the MLB top ten right now for starting pitcher they put him in the top ten, which I thought was an absolute joke. And so I've always been I, – I, I really, really didn't dig that and didn't agree with that. So I've been seen as, like, anti-Kyle Hendricks because of that. And I get it because, you know, I was memeing and, like, this guy, you know, garbage, stop doing that. But at the core of it, I acknowledge his talent, and I think he's a great fantasy asset. So keep an eye on Kyle Hendricks. Don't be afraid to take some boring players because boring players can have upside, too. Uh, your last two risers, we kind of paired them together because it's two Dodgers, uh, Price and Urias, and they went up the same amount. Up. They also went up yes. the same amount, so they, they hit they hit the same they, they hit the same jump. So talk to us about where they moved from and where they went move to, and what do you like about Price and Urias from the Dodgers? Uh, I had them at forty eight and forty nine respectively, and they both moved up sixteen spots. Uh, so they're thirty two and thirty three. Kent Maeda going ahead of them. Matthew Boyd, another guy who shot up a, a fair amount, uh, going behind uh, them as well. Uh, I mean, I just love the landing spot. Obviously, for Price, when I did my last rankings, he was still, uh, you know, in Boston. Uh, and your eyes uh, has a really, really good shot and not getting, you know, Dodgeritis. Uh, and yep. and being you know shoved back to the bullpen, especially if they're going. I mean, they're going to have to cram in these games. We're they're going to be playing you know six, uh, seven games a week, and maybe even some double headers uh, to get all these games in before that September like twenty seventh or 29th kind of deadline. Uh, so like the Dodgers aren't going to have the ability to like jerk him around the way they've done in the past. Uh, and while you know a guy like. Uh, uh, Jesus Lazardo has really, really shot up. Uh, I mean, Urias really hasn't to the same extent, uh, and I, I like him just the same. I think that maybe it's prospect fatigue or, again, the Dodgeritis, uh, not pushing him up as much as he probably should. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I really like him, uh, and I think Price, being the third man in that rotation, a little bit of the pressure's off. He's going to go against a lot of hitters who've never seen him uh, in the National League. Uh, get to face those Giants a bunch, uh, face the, you know those Rockies a bunch, face those Padres a bunch. I, I, I like both those Dodger pitchers. Yeah, uh, me too. And I've you know last few years now, it's 
Yes, they can be frustrating with the Dodgeritis, as Nick Pollock of Pitcher List has termed it. The idea of them getting kind of jerked back and forth between the the rotation and and bullpen with guys like Maeda and Orias. But I don't think that they're not doing that with Price. That's not he's not that kind of guy. If he's healthy, he's going every fifth day, doing his thing. Uh, Urias is still subject to it possibly, but they don't even talking about letting him go a bit this year and, and, and really seeing what they've got with him. They've definitely, you know, baby, I don't even want to say baby because I feel like they've handled it properly after the shoulder capsule situation. The fact that he's so young, I understand the caution that they've practiced with Urias. He's 23 now. Uh, he's been in parts of four major league seasons Never really a full season. I guess last year was since it was out of the bullpen, 80 innings, um, eight starts. They were all shortened type starts. But yeah, I think it's time to really see what he can do. And in this shortened season, he might get skipped every once in a while or even pushed back a day or two. Uh, but I don't think he's going to have these periods where he's just not pitching. I like Urias a lot. I like Price too. And I think they're an interesting combo of that youthful upside and uh, boring, boring veteran. And both could be... Both could be beasts here. So, all right, there's your risers, Paxton, Hendricks, Price, Urias. Let's move into the fallers, and let's start with Mike Soroka. And, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of Kyle Hendricks to him. Of course, he's also doing it in the in the beast. And I wonder if um, you have some concerns about the fact that, unlike Hendricks, there is hype for Soroka. So people do like him and have pressed him up. So my guess is you're going to say something to the effect of why would I take him when I can just take Kyle Hendricks? So let's hear your thoughts on Soroka, where he moved from, where he moved to, and uh, and what your latest thoughts are on on him. I tentatively have Soroka at number 42. Uh, I did have him at 23. So, I mean, it's pretty much like a flip-flop with him and Hendricks, moving Hendricks way up and, and Soroka way down. Uh, I mean, obviously, the DH coming to the National League hurts him. Uh, but that beast East, man, that that really, really scares me. Um, and the the lack of strikeouts, it's it's hard to <laughs> make this argument because I do like Hendricks so much. But I just think there's so much safety with Hendricks. We've seen it time and time again. And we just haven't seen that yet with Soroka. Uh, and I was really high on him. I think I was one of the higher people in the industry on, on Soroka uh, when my first set of ranks and my, my subsequent ranks came out. Uh, and I've now just kind of, you know, hit the brakes, and I think his ADP will probably fall uh, dramatically and probably close to where I have him ranked anyways. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Sorry, you caught me right as I was about to take a drink of water. My bad on that one. But, yeah, I, I actually tempered some of my Soroka excitement. I was I was really keen on him in my initial ranks. I have him down at 33. Guess who he's right behind? Kyle Hendricks. Would you believe that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I've got those two right near each other. I do like Soroka. Um, you know, he had great ratios last year, doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. I do think that there is some pullback in the numbers there, um, unless he can somehow repeat his, you know, kind of ancillary figures of the average in the homer nine because, you know, he doesn't walk anybody. I like the walk rate, but the strikeout rate at 20%, it just puts a lot on his batted balls. To, to go the right way for him. So I understand having a little bit of caution with Soroka. I, I implemented some of that caution myself, and he can move down even a couple other ticks. Well, maybe not because of some of the injuries. So he probably is going to stay where he is um, or maybe move up one or two just because of injury. But I'm not as into Soroka as I was coming into draft season, which was, what, 
I think, uh, 14 months ago when we started draft season. <laughs> Feels like it. I mean, I know I did my first draft at AFL. Uh, both did. And, yeah, so, I mean, what that was October. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, we're now coming up on eight months since yeah. we did our first drafts. Uh crazy i mean i love soroka i do and i i think he's gonna be one of those guys i buy, buy back in on really huge uh when it comes back when it come back around in, in 2021 i just don't know that the upside is worth the risk at this no, point I, I i like where you're at on that too because i like soroka a lot in a long-term situation i actually believe that there is a a, a reasonable notion that he could add strikeouts as he develops mm-hmm. i don't think it's necessarily going to be this year though he's 20 22 he's still developing i think it's gonna be one of those things where as his profile evolves he'll just start to naturally get more strikeouts i doubt he'll ever be somebody who goes for strikeouts but i think once you get to a certain level you you just start getting them more uh, by process of your stuff being being awesome. And, you know, he's got a, uh, an average swing strike rate. Like, he's kind of on the cusp there of if one pitch kind of jumped to a level and became a strikeout offering, then we could see that 4 to 5% boost up to a uh, 24 25% mark. But right now, I think he's still going to be in the uh, 19 to 21 range, which, again, at that point, give me Hendricks, who's almost always cheaper than Mike Soroka. Let, so, let's I also, like your, let's like also mention the fact that the defense got worse in Atlanta. I it mean, did. Josh Donaldson not playing third. You've got Marcelo Zuna, who's got that infamous, like, jumped up the wall and it dropped 30 feet in front of him. Oh, uh, wait, 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 that's a special move. No, 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 that's yeah. an improvement. I was... I was with you until you brought that. No, no, that's a defensive improvement. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's, I mean, the defense behind him. And, I mean, this is a guy who really relies on the defense. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, and so though that kind of move uh, is definitely going to hurt him. Then you add in the fact now he's going to be playing games against, you know, the Yankees lineup. Toronto's lineup's looking pretty good. Boston's lineup's still going to be strong. Maybe not as strong, yeah. obviously, without Mookie Betts. Uh, so it's certainly not bad. And, uh, the main piece they got back for that for Dugo should be healthy, should, right? Yeah, he should be. Um, and then Tampa, like, t- I mean, Tampa is just going to be this really, really, I mean, they shouldn't be sneaky because they, they've been good for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. but the expanded rosters that we're expecting to get, uh, means that, like they can platoon the hell out of things and really just optimize their lineup. And we know they will. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We will definitely see that from them. And I'm kind of eager to see exactly what they settle on with regards to roster size, because the team like, uh, like the Rays, I think the Dodgers are also set up to be in a position like that where they can really maximize it even more than they have in the past. Cause if you're able to carry 30, I mean, they could be platooning four or five spots. And for Soroka specifically, he has over a 200-point split last year. 213 platoon, 213, uh, excuse me, 213-point platoon split uh, favoring his work against righties. It's a 750 against lefties, so it's not like they devastate him, but that's a big jump. So I think it's a good call out there just to be a little bit mindful of him. We like Soroka a lot long-term. It's just this year coming off such an elite year pulling back a little bit mm-hmm. next up Carlos Carrasco now I do wonder if somebody like Carrasco 
might even opt out. Do, do you think anybody is going to opt out? I, I think if anybody does, it's going to be Carrasco, and that's why I've taken him kind of off my list. Uh, I mean, he talk about a guy with pre-existing conditions. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, you, you, it's great to see him back and be healthy. Uh, I mean, at least from a from a, a disease standpoint. Um, but he wasn't healthy from a physical standpoint. I, you know, I've kind of tentatively done my top 44, and he's not on that. Uh, and I had him at 29 uh, to begin with. So dang, that's I mean, that's gonna be he's gonna be a huge drop, and I really can't like rationalize putting him in my top 50 starting pitchers. You know, he had a hip injury. He was, uh, I want to say, he had some sort of other issue, uh, and then. We're talking about a guy who, you know, what happens if three Indians players test positive? Like, does he go, you know, this isn't worth it to me. Um, And no one would blame him. No, 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 no. no. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'd be really surprised if he plays at all this year just because it would be much smarter for him not to. Uh, And because they've got that caveat in, in the March agreement that says, you know, people with pre-existing conditions or family members with pre-existing conditions, you know, still get their service time, still get paid uh, if they decide not to play. Like, w- what does Carlos Carrasco, what reason does Carlos Carrasco have to get back on the mound other than just pride in wanting to do it? Um, I don't think he does. And, uh, you know, I love Carlos Carrasco. He's been one of my favorite pitchers uh, in the game for a really long time. So I hope we get to see him pitch this year, but I- I'm not going to put that on my fantasy team. Um, you know, if he goes out and balls out, that's going to be great for somebody, but it's just not going to happen on my team. Okay. I, I, I can't, I can't exclude him from my list without knowing if if there's plans for him to, to not play. I understand your caution for sure. Because yeah, you know, if you're, if you're trying to highlight players who, who, who could opt out, uh, he would definitely be up there, would fully respect that decision. Um, do you think anybody will, by the way? I think there will be somebody. I don't know who like, it's going like to be. Like off rip. Not, not yeah, so some, something happens. No, like some, somebody will street. say, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, I, I, I mean, there, there's going to be. like, And I know like a lot of people are like, you know, the restrictions are loosening all around the country. Uh, you know, I went shopping the other day. Uh, you know, we do grocery shopping every two weeks. And like Costco and Safeway look just like it did pre-pandemic, uh, except for people wearing masks. Like, that was the only difference. So, like, a lot of people, and, like, you know, me and my wife have gotten, you know, kind of, you know, shit talk to us by, you know, friends and family because we're like, yeah, we're, we're not going. Like, I haven't seen my parents in, you know, since before the pandemic. And I told them, like, listen, I'm not going to see you guys until after. <laughs> like, I love you. We can FaceTime, but I'm just not going to do it because, you know, I've got an at-risk child. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's just not worth it to me. And so, you know, if we're talking about, you know, 30 baseball players on 30 major league teams, yeah, someone out of that 900 is going to go, no, it's going to feel the same way I do. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree there. And uh, we've been seeing some of that here in Texas as well about, uh, you know, grocery stores looking, you know, people are preparing that, you know, some are calling it a second wave. It's the first wave hadn't hasn't gone anywhere. That that's that's really what it is. And uh, perhaps things were a bit too aggressive on on opening up. We're not going to get into a whole 
COVID discussion right now with regards to uh, non-baseball related stuff, but I do think somebody will step up and say, and I don't even say phrase it like step up. They're going to have their own personal concerns, family members, uh, whether immediate family or extended family. And they're going to say, you know what? I can't take that risk because I believe they're still guaranteed their service time and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they yep. have the opportunity to opt out. So we'll get full details on that today. If and when the players do agree, I think we'll get ironed out details of, hey, player can sit out and do this and they'll get this salary, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll get details there. But I understand your trepidation with somebody like Carrasco coming back from leukemia. And and if he has concerns, they're a billion percent valid. So I want him to take care of himself and do what's best for him uh, with regards to that. And then your last follower was Blake Snell. So you're off the show and you're a jerk. <laughs> I, I love Blake Snell and it's I mean it's less about him per se and more about other guys that I've jumped up over him uh that being said like he did have that elbow thing going on uh in spring where like he got some sort of shot right in his elbow uh there was fears that he was gonna need Tommy John we like it, this is a hard dance to do because there's going to be some players like Mike Clevenger and James Paxton where we go, well, now they're healthy. We've got to bump them back up. And then there's going to be other guys where we go, well, he wasn't healthy, so maybe we should lower him. And so it's kind of picking and choosing. And uh, I think, you know, some analysts are going to pick certain guys and other analysts are going to pick other guys uh, to move up and down. Uh, Snell's one of those guys that, like, if something goes wrong, it's not like you're losing a week or two weeks. It's you're losing this season. Uh, and I mean, I still have him high. I still have him 13th. I dropped him seven spots from six to 13. Uh, but I, there definitely is some scariness to, to Blake Snell in terms of his just overall health profile. Uh, I mean, if he's healthy, I think he's going to be a beast and I'm going to miss out. But I, I'm okay with that. Just can't believe you besmirched the great Blake Snow. You haven't I mean, got him on the podcast. If he was on the podcast, he'd be number one. I'd be like, sorry, Walker Bueller. Uh you're moving out. you down. Mr. Snell. Yeah. Snellzilla. Aggressively biased. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you're on the show, if you're on the show, you're moved up in rank. That, that's well, I mean, that simple. Why why do you think I have Kyle Gibson in my top ten? He's oh been on the God. show a number of times and we love him. Dude. He was on the show during my YouTube video the other day. Power washing in the apartment complex. Well, Power washing, dude. Really? He hasn't been really? able to work since March. You know, he's got to do what he's got to do to make the, you know, pay those bills. It was like quite literally right when I started, though. And I, I was, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. But uh, that's what he did. And, and he was laughing. I saw him laughing. And he was wearing one of your, one of your RotoWare shirts, which pissed me off even further. He should. I'm not going to. It pissed me off. So, all right. Well, there's your followers, Soroka, Carrasco, Snell. Um, you're going to do a top 100-something. Uh, we'll have both of ours posted within the next couple of days here. Again, we're going to try to uh, wait for concrete news. We should be getting that today because, uh, again, they have till 5 I don't know if it was e- – almost everything's based off of Eastern, so let's just assume it was Eastern. They have till 5 Eastern to make a move, and we'll see what they do. It seems like they're going to agree to this, and we're going to start working our way toward baseball with spring training too and everything. So stay tuned to the website for ranks. I I definitely have a measure of excitement. 
you know, as, as negative as we've been, this brings me some joy. Um, can't get all the way there until we have a date uh, on when things are supposed to start. But I'm happy that we're at least moving forward, it, it, it feels. So, um, Justin, we will talk again on Thursday, where hopefully we have even more details, maybe more rankings to discuss about how we're changing things. But until then, I hope you have a good one, and I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Thank you.